not going to be like that this time around. Totally not. We're much cooler than that. Welcome to episode 35 of Music Video Land uh, podcast. My name is Adam Fairholm, and then uh, with me, as always, as usual, is Mr. Doug Klinger from beautiful Boynton Beach, Florida. How are you, Doug? So super good today, Adam. And I think it's um, important to note that this week, um, I don't think we'll be able to take this beginning again. So uh, we got to make sure to get it in this take. Because uh, it's a little bit different this time around. Is this accurate? That is accurate. Uh, today on the podcast, uh, we have joining us two uh, music video directors that you have definitely heard of if you've been listening to the podcast. Um, Mr. Hiro Murai and Ryan Reichenfeld. Hey guys, what's up? What's going on? Hey guys. Thanks um, for good to be us. here. And you guys are joining us from literally feet apart in Los Angeles. Yes, I'm spying on Ryan right now, and he's oh, he came out to the balcony, so now I can hear him talking in real life and in a two-second delay Skype voice. Good, so but, if you're not making any sense, then should we just attribute to that? Yeah, if we're, if, we're, if we're just rambling, we're just confusing each other. I mean, you guys work in the same office pretty much all day, every day. Yeah, I see way too much of Ryan, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually sit back to back, which is uh, pretty fun. Is it one chair that's attached? It's one chair, yeah. And we trade off uh, who sits on the bottom. <laughs> and there's always a thing in an office of like who's working the hardest, who leaves last, and who gets in earliest. Is there, is there a clear winner there? Or is that sort of debatable? That's debatable. I mean, when we're lazy, we're super lazy. Um, I think coming in first is definitely not a priority at this office. <laughs> um, leaving last is definitely uh, definitely part of our everyday, though. Nice. Yeah, I, w- I would say I'm probably one of the first dudes here every day, but I think it depends on like what we're working on, like who's working on what projects. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's not uncommon for everybody to leave at like three, four a.m. Nice. Pretty pretty stupid. Um, Good time. Now, uh, one thing we wanted to ask both of you guys about is a website that Doug and I are are pretty big fans of right now. And we wanted to get your take on it because you guys are the sort of not the target audience, but you're you're tangentially related. And that's um, I want to be a music video director dot com. Have you guys heard of the site? I've no. never heard of it. No. Um, it's basically some sort of scam book that you can buy for forty dollars. It tells you how to be a music video director. Um, oh my god! Read, read that. I know it's and it, the the best part about it is you like the the whole pitch that they give you is. Um, here, I'll, I'll just read right from it. In, in these economically challenging times, finding a job is more difficult than ever. So many people are using this time to go back to school. But why pay to sit in a classroom when you can reinvent yourself? Now is the time to take control of your own future. Within months, you can be your own boss, launch your own career, generate your own income, and start your career in the entertainment industry. All And having the time of your life wow. doing so. How how accurate is that statement? Would you and how how would you recommend for people who are struggling in economic times to, to, to turn uh, to music video direction? 
I don't think it's a very good choice for people who are looking to make money. I mean, <laughs> I think music videos are the first place that uh, they take away the budgets from. So I think it's uh, yeah, that's a rough, that's a really misleading thing. That's kind of yeah, kind of a bummer. I, I disagree with that thesis entirely. Um, I would definitely not recommend people who are uh, uh, having a hard time with money to get into music videos. But a show of hands, or just a yes, no. Would are either of you uh, are your your own boss or in control of your own futures? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so not in control at all. We're we're at the whims of people giving out jobs, and and you can tell yourself that you're your own boss, uh, but that just means you have a chair that you can sit on or not sit on any time. Or yeah, one chair. it's not like it's it's not like oh man, I love beach house. Like I think I'm gonna do this beach house music video tomorrow. It's like whatever jobs are out there are out there, and like 50 people are vying for the same, you know, probably not that great budget of video. But we're all just like so uh, into it that we just I don't know. We have this like really bad addiction to making music videos. That's amazing. So this book, is this book uh, recent? It doesn't have any sort of date on it, but you know, like, well, actually, it says two thousand eight on the bottom there. Um, but you know, you ever see those? The, they're very. There's all these different sites, and they're very similar. They're all on one page, and you buy the book at the bottom. And um, like, if you search for like, I want like a royal title in England, you know, they have these like people who have like one square <laughs> foot of land who give out royal titles because they can do that legally. Um, I think that is actually better for you than uh, <laughs> than becoming a music video director. But some of the things that they say you'll learn, um, mm. I I was interested to hear your take on. Because um, here, here, let me just see what was my, my favorite one here. How to determine your own directing style and ways you can exploit your talents to maximize your potential. So I wanted, you know, if you're going to exploit your talents to maximize your potential, how, how would you guys approach that? Exploit your talents. <laughs> <laughs> What? Wait, uh, does that mean exploit the people you hire or exploit your own inner talent? I guess it means, I mean, whichever is more advantageous, advantageous for you guys. I mean, is it was more advantageous to maximize your potential by exploiting the people who are working for you or exploiting yourself, I guess? Uh, I just should, but, should mention right here that's not a serious question. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. We're going to treat every, uh, every question. Yeah, we have to take serious. this. This is a very serious matter for us. Yeah. Well, I'm actually looking at this website, by the way, and whoever designed it is a mad genius. I'm, I, I, think it's a Geo, I think it's GeoCities, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for anybody yeah. who was born after 1992, then they can, they can Google that one. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I guess I, I could have said, like, I don't know what else. GeoCity. I'm sticking with the GeoCities joke. Go I'm not, GeoCities, dude. It's, it has a good I'm not sound. going elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going elsewhere. I would have. If I could get a serious, kind of a serious question out of that ridiculousness, is that the, um, about the notion of be your own boss. And maybe it's not a serious question, but like, do you, when you have to, you know, get, get things done for people, do you, are, are you having to, you know, kind of self regulate or, are there, you know, true regulations that are coming down from the people that you're doing work for that are similar to that of a of like a real nine to five boss? I think I think the two true things in that in that sentence in that paragraph is one it is I think it is better than film school in the sense that you 
you know, you, you probably learn a lot more by doing than, you know, reading from a textbook. Um, and also, yeah, I mean, you technically are your own boss, you know, so, I mean, I think you, you learn a lot about, you know, handling relationships and kind of uh, how you interact with, uh, with quote-unquote clients and whatnot. But Scissor Sisters didn't ask for your Facebook account profile uh, past <laughs> Anything like that. That never happened. <laughs> I wish, man. That would have been awesome. Now, I should mention that this has a 100% money back guarantee. Um, oh, great. So one of us, you know, we're going <laughs> to, a film dancer is going to kind of take one for the team. It's 140 pages. We're going to buy one of these ebooks and, and we're going to report about that on uh, on an upcoming podcast. Yeah, we're going to uh, try our hand. We're going to try our hand in the industry, see if the yeah. book takes, see, see if we, uh, See if we end up interviewing ourselves after reading the book. Right, which, right, right. Which we're, we're shitting on it now, but man, like in like two weeks, you guys are going to be the biggest. Yeah, you'll see. It's going to be us. Yeah. It's going to be Shit. us. Be eating our words. Now, um, South by Southwest is just or just wrapped up this past weekend, or I think the um, audio, the music portion of it did. Did, you, did either of you guys go to South by Southwest? I was not able to go, no. No, Ryan almost had a job that shot in South by. That would have been awesome, but I've actually never been, to be honest. I mean, in the, you know, South by is kind of, uh, you know, has the film portion, and I know it has music videos in there in there as well, and it's got that kind of the interactive portion, and then and then the music portion. Um, and like, where you know, in the music video director community, is it something that uh, like people are interested in, or or is it just kind of tangential? I think people are more psyched on just going there and hanging out. Yeah. Um, I think it, I, I think it's flattering when whenever somebody wants to give you an award or screen, you know, one of your videos. But um, I know Dan Kwan just went out there and he had a hell of a time. There's a lot of yeah. There's there seems to be some partying. They have I know they have venues where you can apparently buy alcoholic beverages, um, and and hang out with people. That's just what I've heard. I've never been. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a great time. I met most of the stories I hear when they come back is how drunk they got and how much <laughs> like fatty food they, ate, which sounds it's, amazing. It sounds really. amazing. Yeah. yeah, it is Austin, Texas. So I I do know that they have a good amount of uh, you know fried food, fried. Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you guys been? I have not. I've not been to Texas. We're thinking about doing like a film, bringing a film insert to South by next year. But uh, didn't oh, that'd be this cool. But well, we are, and we're just doing a food tour, though. That's yeah. we're not doing oh, yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah, of course, of course. We did order a basket of of different various kind of foods and and get our own deep fryer. Um, <laughs> so look out for that. So look out for that. Yeah. You guys, is that? Is there, is, a horror, is there a horror movie being filmed in the background? So, sorry, I just yes. went into the uh, into the attic. Um, you need to get so, yes. a little bit of a way time from here. Uh, I thought there was a guy with a knife coming in in one of your rooms. <laughs> Possibility. Um, so, I mean, you guys have done a, a few pretty sweet videos since the last time we talked. Is that all right if we talk about you know, one or two of those? Yeah. Um, Cause you should talk about Hero St. Vincent video. That's like video of the year. I know. So that's, I've got that one. I'm it's I'm staring at it right now. It's the one I was just going to ask about. The uh, Saint, This is a St. Vincent cheerleader video. I'm looking at the Pitchfork article interview they did with you guys, or with you, um, yeah. specifically. Um, and 
Actually, you know, before we talk about that here, I want to, there's also one of the things I want you to mention, wanted to mention, and that is uh, one of your videos was recently featured on the reincarnation of a uh, popular 90s TV show pop-up video. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I remember pop-up video from my childhood. I didn't know they still have VH1, so I didn't, see, I haven't seen the new reincarnation. But uh, when did they contact you when you do that? Is there something that you have to do when they put a video on pop-up video, or is, or how does that work? Uh, it was random. I'm mean, someone uh, VH1 pop-up video account on Twitter hit me up, and then uh, huh. and they said, "Hey, hit me up, direct DM me if you wanna if you wanna do an interview." I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, and so yeah, they just set up a call and they they called me and asked me about like like three random videos, and I have a terrible memory, so it was and we in a matter of like twenty minutes we went through like three videos that we did like a year and a half ago. So I probably gave them very little useful things. So we shouldn't trust the veracity of the information that's on public video for the videos you directed. Yeah, I made most of them up. So. <laughs> Did they send you? Uh, they send you any swag or anything? I think I saw um, uh, Isaac Ravi Shankara had a picture that they sent him from the 303 video when it was on there. Did, did they send you anything cool like that? Oh, seriously? I didn't get any swag. No? Yeah, like a framed yeah. picture. Maybe he was lying. Maybe his twit pics are fabricated. But uh, <laughs> I do think that that's that is what I saw. Uh, I would totally it, wear a uh, pop-up video sweatshirt if they sent it to me. Yeah, I think it was just a fr- I, I, I think it was just a framed picture. I don't think it was anything cool like that. Like I don't think he got any uh, like like divot fillers with pop up video on it or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> divot fillers, wow. Yeah, he got well got golf swag. We're coming to um, we guys as, as you guys know, we're coming to L.A. Uh, next week actually. Next weekend, oh we're yeah, gonna be there. Oh it's- shit, God. <laughs> and we're and we've got we've got. We've got plenty of golf swag coming with us. I I think might be the case. Yeah, we oh. we decided we were gonna get stuff like made, you know, like made up. You like they get like pens and things, just stuff to give out to people. What we thought would be the best is if we got just things that nobody we were meeting would ever need or use in a million years. <laughs> so I, I would actually totally use the golf swag stuff. Really? Fully. No. Oh Are yeah, you, for sure. Do you golf? Uh Kind of. There's this uh, this nine hole course uh, in Los Feliz that we go to, and it's like three dollars, I think. Oh. And man. people just get trashed on the nine holes. People are like walking around with like no shirts on, like smoking huge blunts and. Right, it's, it's, you're it's, that it's, guy. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I want to like be. There's a lot of that guys at this place. Can you I give us a be location guy. of this place? I think we might have to bring our golf swag around that place while well, we're we in should. LA. You That's guys should do a live broadcast, sure. a live broadcast from the uh, the Griffith Park nine hole. It'd be amazing. Uh, more and more drunk as you go along. Uh, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like pool. You like the the drunker you get, kind of the better you play. But then by the end, you just are like slicing balls all over the place, and <laughs> you got it. It gets pretty hairy, but it's super fun. Really relaxing. Well, I think that we need to uh, film Dinser needs a presence at that location, and um, it's going down. Adam, you're in, you're in, right, Adam? Of course I am. Yeah. Well, we come from we come from Florida, the land of golf courses. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I have a they have a I have a seven iron, and that's uh, <laughs> that that's all you need at this golf course. Uh, um, uh, you get a seven iron, and you you just hit it like a few times and get it close to the hole, 
and then you just kind of uh, angle the club a little bit so it's more flat like a putter, and then uh, you got a putter. Nice. Adam, Adam and I actually went to golf camp for two years in a row when we were uh, squished in between acting camp and football camp was golf camp, and uh, oh, and wow. Adam and I Adam and I are, are really uh, horrible at golf uh, as a result of that golf camp. So super worth our summers. Yeah, <laughs> fun fact. I bet we're worse. Fun, fun, <laughs> fun filmed insert fact that we're getting. We're you guys getting probably up. have sweet clubs though, right? Uh, well, I, at least more I than don't. one. We uh, they, they were sweet clubs that were, are perfect for uh, eleven year old. So, <laughs> so, well, the thing about living in Florida is everybody comes to visit you, right? So, and they bring their clubs. So, I mean, not not a lie in here. We probably have in my parents' garage probably around fifteen bags of golf clubs. It's oh, just wow. co- absolute madness. Um, but yeah, no, golf's big from where we come from. It, the town that I grew up in has the only one in the United States have two PGA-certified golf courses. So it just tells you. We have the PGA wow. ones, and we also have the ones that you would get drunk and, you know, uh, and do a seven iron on, though. But I'll have to I, – I, my, my, uh, I come from a long line of, of serious golfers, so I'll have to ask them if, if they're, if they're going to have one club to just play a, a whole round of golf with, would it be the seven iron? Because I, I, I bet that's what they say. Does film insert make seven irons? You know, we'll have to look into that. It's probably something that we would need to give away as a prize instead of just giving them out to people. But I think we could have. <laughs> yeah. That sounds a little pricey, yeah. It's a pretty handsome prize, though. So. Oh yeah, uh, and you gotta get like a bobblehead version of your heads on the t- on the tip of the <laughs> the club, the handle. Or at least as the cover. Is it? They have those, right? Adam. Adam's our resident golf expert. Oh yeah, they yeah. Covers. Yeah, my head on a golf cover. That would be great for gifts. Nice. Um, well, actually, I just I just realized I got a little bit off, a tiny bit off my point of the St. Vincent cheerleader video. <laughs> you don't say. You don't say. We did. Wait, this is for music videos, right? It I is. <laughs> um, so, I guess if for anybody who hasn't seen this video, you pretty much have to go see this because it's it's really interesting. And you know the the concept behind it is um, St. Vincent or you know the the artist in question here is very large and sort of on this platform art installation um, and the thing I, I love about it is if you've ever been to one of these like one of these like art installations where it's for a very minimalist all the walls are white and people are just looking at this one thing you really like got the f- feel of that where did you find this location for this for the video um, it was uh, this gallery called the Ace Gallery on Wilshire in Los Angeles, um, which I highly recommend that you don't use. Um, <laughs> we kind of got we kind of got, a, kinda got a shafted a little bit on the production end. Um, how do you but, get you know, sh- how do you get shafted from a venue? Um, just a lot of uh, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> they, they were they, the- they were open while you guys were shooting, right? Yeah, they were open, and you know they they told us when we scouted that they could you know move some stuff around for us and you know get rid of this gigantic like bronze metal sculpture, uh, and then uh, when we get there they go uh, they go oh yeah we can't move those and it covers up like half the half the room uh, and 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 you can't shoot it because you don't have the rights and so I'm like <laughs> oh, well that's that so I guess we're shooting in that corner instead, um, but you know to be fair we actually just shot it anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, the walls are. I mean, shot the, just shot the art. Yeah, I I don't know if you uh, if you if you rec- if you see like the um, bronze looking thing that's kind of uh, lined like against the walls. That's actually supposed to be a sculpture. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that's a good descriptor. I mean, that's not so great for the art if you're like, that's supposed to be a sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was, you know, I was wondering about the the concept for it because it, I mean, is there sort of a, a deeper meaning or, or was there, was it, I mean, because it's a really interesting visual. Was it more about the visual or sort of a meaning behind it? Um, I mean, I had a, a version version of what it all meant in my head, but, you know, I also I, I also don't like directors and videos that are, that are you know, too hung up on, uh, yeah. on uh, you know, what it's all supposed to mean. And I, you know, I enjoyed people kind of taking it apart and seeing what they thought it was, which is one one place where YouTube comments are pretty great to look at. Um, but it was, you know, I, I I focused more on tone tone things, you know, like it, like you said, like being in a being in a modern gallery has a very very specific atmosphere, you know. Um, just being around all these people, uh, looking at art silently, it's just like you know, part of me that just loves awkward silences, always cherish that. Um, so that was definitely a big part of the video, for sure. And those are, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut you off a little. Well, Adam, what's your question about Adam? No, no, no. You go ahead, Doug, please. Okay. All right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're pulling out all the stops here. We're going to just discuss things before we get into them. Uh, uh, I, I just, I had to get into some awkward silence action here that you brought it up because, uh, I, that that plays a big part in your Scissor Sisters music video too. Was that <laughs> something that you predetermined? I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's awkward silences, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's one of my, my favorite things to cringe at, so, uh, that, that was definitely a big part of the concept, and I still kind of cringe whenever I look at that video. Yeah, I was, I was watching it earlier this morning, and I do not recommend watching this video in the morning for some reason, I don't know, um, because I, I, what does that even mean? I, I don't know, but I totally agree. <laughs> I, but it's I, I, it's such a fantastic video, and you're right. It does have that sort of there's there's some there's some sort of uncomfortableness. You you feel like you're in the audience watching these these children, and you shouldn't be there. Like you're like you're like oh, I shouldn't be seeing this for some reason. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I also like I you know I, I've been in my fair share of school plays, and you know I've there's a reason I'm I decided to go behind camera. I was never a good performer, you know. And uh, those shows were always like the bane of my existence. So that, there's definitely a part of that too. Do you have any roles, uh, sort of signature roles that you've played? Uh, I remember I played a bee of some kind um, that came out from behind a rock. But mm -hmm. that's like the last thing I remember from that show. That was uh, probably And Get Your Gun. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Got yeah. what? Guns? Huh? That was probably Godspell. Probably either one or the other. There's a bee that yeah, becomes yeah. a rock behind a rock in yeah. one of those. Second grade, uh, elementary school version of uh, and you get your gun. Mm -hmm. nice. yeah. Ryan, did we catch you leaving and then and then arriving just at the moment that Adam said the word gun? Is that? <laughs> yeah. Is that? Yeah. Is that what just happened? I, that's exactly what happened. That's um, awesome. Uh, 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 and about guns. Actually, not mm -hmm. not at all about guns, um, but about music videos. Uh, uh, you just recently released a music video for the band No, for the song "Stay with Me," and we have talked about this video extensively. It was actually my pick of the week last week, which is double awesome. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, no, of course. I talked about it and des and described it while it played in the background, which is not nearly as good as actually watching the music video. Um, <laughs> 
So maybe uh, instead of having me talk about it some more, why don't why don't you maybe tell us a little bit about where that idea came from? Did it come from you originally? Yeah, um, it was actually an idea I've, I've been trying to make for a while. Um, I actually showed my treatment to Hero maybe like eight months ago, maybe six months ago. Yeah, um, ago. yeah and like I, I just kept I, I don't know what it was. I just it kind of just came to me one day. And I just thought it'd be really great to do it for a band who could just kind of like give you the reins and like let you run off with it. Um, I originally pitched it for a few kind of bigger bands, uh, but it just it didn't really work out. Um, and it was actually great because this band uh, is this one of the same members from Stereogram, um, hmm. Bradley, who's like the lead. He's the lead guy, and um, I just met him at a coffee shop one day. He told me he wanted to do a video. He told me it was going to be not very much money. Um, I wasn't super excited, but then he showed me this song, and I just, this is a really good track. And um, that idea just like popped back into the front of my mind, and it fit even better than you know the videos that I had pitched it for before. And um, luckily, somehow all the pieces fell in the right spots, and it came out. So I'm really happy with it. Now, ahead of, ahead of time, did you know that, like, I don't know, for me, about that video, which, like, makes it so great, is that, like, even though these, these like, lifeless dummy heads, like, you, you get, like, a range of emotion from them, even though they're not showing them in, in their faces, did you kind of know that you were going to be able to do that? I don't know if that's a good Yeah, question. um, I, I know what you mean. There's definitely, that's something I like to play with a lot, is just creating emotion, I guess. Um, and you can do that a lot with the edit and a lot with camera camera moves. Um, I did it like a little bit on like a few past videos, but um, yeah, it's just this is just a really weird thing you can do when you you cut like you know a dummy's face just looking longingly or you know just looking in slow motion, and then you cut to like another dummy's face looking longingly with like two push-ins next to each other. And, you know, you just kind of, like, put in whatever you think they're feeling, like, into the scene. And it, it really engages people. Um, people are really, really stoked on that. So I'm really happy it worked out. I think there's a famous uh, series of uh, psychology experiments that... Yeah, exactly. I, I, exactly. And I think, um, strangely, I learned about it in film school, not in psychology class. Um, yeah, I learned the same, the same ones, yeah. It was... Um, Eisenstein, I think. That's right. Yeah, the sort of yeah, yeah. Um, juxtaposition of images where you can, you know, I think they had like a bowl of food and a baby's face, and the people said the baby was hungry. So I'm probably getting it wrong, but yeah, there was like a guy's face, um, and they would show like war or something, and you know, then we'd cut back to the guy's face, and then they would show like a woman, and then they would cut back to the guy, and then they'd show you know like a dead baby, and then cut back to the guy. And yeah, you would just throw your own emotion like into the guy's face, and it's just this really like powerful, engaging, um, you know, thing that like film does and like editing does, which is, it's, um, yeah, it's just powerful. And I'll put this link in the uh, little links show notes we have on the the show page to Soviet montage theory, which yeah, has, exactly. which is a completely humorless and uh, <laughs> way too long. Maybe we should re maybe we should re recreate it. In some uh, some awesome way, exactly. with, like, yeah, Ad with Adam's face, that. with Ad that with this with this picture that Adam uses on Skype, we should just use that. 
Now, what you guys should do is you should recreate it and then make a book out of it and use that as one of the tutorials for editing montage. (laughs) And sell it for thirty nine ninety five. You get the and you get the ebook immediately. Genius. Um, Yes, this 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 is a very long Wikipedia um, entry on Eisenstein, and it's taken me back Um, to film school. Um, And the other thing I wanted to um, mention is maybe you maybe this popped up in your head, and people who are like again, born after 1992, will not remember this. But did you do you remember the seatbelt ad council ads from the 90s? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean those were some of my f- earliest memories of of television. Where like this is your brain on drugs, Ninja Turtles, and the buckle your safety belt commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- those were actually a big reference uh, in creating the heads. Um, I really liked the aesthetic of the faces in the way that, you know, it was like a single head molded down to the neck and the neck just kind of like went into the, the suit. Um, you know, obviously the face on the PSAs was like a lot crazier and a lot campier. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was probably my biggest reference um, in making the dummy faces. Uh, the dummy faces were the gnarliest part of the production for sure. Like it took... I didn't even know like half the budget and like, you know, we went through three different artists and it took like weeks and they weren't ready until just like a day before the shoot or I think the day of the shoot, we were still like making adjustments and people started freaking out because I wanted these like black eyes and they wanted to just have, you know, the producers freaking out. He wanted it to just be like plain white skin. Um, And that was like my gnarly, you know, I just like I had to have it that way. I couldn't have it anymore. Ryan, you should talk about uh, the breathing holes and the actors in it and all that stuff. Oh yeah, that the biggest <laughs> the biggest challenge. I'm gonna sound like such a dick right now. Um, <laughs> the, the, the biggest challenge was that the actors actually couldn't breathe in the in the dummy costumes, um, and so we only had you know, like I said, it was like a really low budget video. And we only had so much time in this location. So, you know, I wanted to just like rifle through shots. Like we had an amazing, you know, cinematographer, an amazing art director. Um, Ryan Carmody was the cinematographer. Jason Casvarde was the production designer. And they were like on point. Like every time we moved to like a new setup, like camera and lights were ready. Art was like in place and be like, all right, let's do this. And it would take forever to put these, um, the dummy heads back on the actors. And so, like, I was like, can we just leave these things on? Like, can we just keep going? And the actors would start, like, you know, they, they couldn't really hear or talk because it's literally, like, an enclosed um, uh, epoxy, like, around their face. And so they would just start wiggling their arms kind of frantically, and that would mean, like, the wardrobe girl would have to come over and, like, unhinge them and we'd have to wait, like, ten more minutes. And I was, like, forcing them to run and, like, do all this stuff. But, like, the last shot of the video... Um, Jonathan, the actor, kicks the door down and is carrying Crystal, the girl actor, and I made him run for like maybe like 150 yards around this corner of this building. And um, the first take, it was great. That's the take that made the video. But I wanted to see if we can get like a little bit more intensity, if he can run a little bit faster. Um, so, you know, he took the head off and we rested a little for a sec. And he did it again, and on the second take, right when he gets to kind of the cement area in the shot, he falls and totally eats shit, and Crystal goes down, and he goes down, and everybody was, like, super bummed. 
Um, it was it, it was a pretty gnarly fall, and like he he basically passed out. Like he it, it's not like he lost his strength or he lost his grip. He literally just like didn't have enough oxygen in his body and just <laughs> fell to the ground. So I mean, the, the guy Jonathan, he, amazing actor, man. Like he could stay in that suit for a very long time. Like he's a he's actually a yoga guy, so he can just kind of like calm himself down, calm his heart rate down, and just kind of chill for a while. It's <laughs> like, you know, it was great. But yeah, that was, a, that was the biggest challenge. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that watching it because... It's not something you think about going into it. You're thinking yeah. about like, I want the eyeballs to look like this. You know, the mouth, mouth better look like this. You know, the seam has to be perfectly in the middle. Oh, fuck, they have to breathe. <laughs> I know, dude. And you realize there's, you look at the heads and there's, I'm just pulling it up now. There, there are. There's no like mouth slots, right? There's no. That no. see, that was the thing. Like throughout the production, um, everybody was like, "We gotta drill some some mouth holes. We gotta <laughs> drill some nose holes." And I just became this like you know insane guy. You know, like no, we, you know, I want the actors to breathe, but we can't see these holes. It's gonna totally ruin you know the vibe, and it's gonna totally ruin you know the reveal of this you know, inanimate object. They're not going to feel like inanimate objects anymore. They're going to feel like uh, people in suits. So um, throughout the project, we actually started drilling holes underneath the jaw, like kind of um, where the neck connects to the head in the front. Um, and luckily, we didn't really see that angle too many times. Mm -hmm. um, so I spent probably like five days in post um just covering up those holes and stuff like painting them out wow uh, yeah hopefully you can't tell but you got to have those moments as a director though where you it's like the brown m&m thing where you got to have your you got to have it yeah it's it's really it's really rough these days you know especially in music videos because you want to be this like crazy you don't want to be crazy but you just want to be able to stand your ground and not compromise and be this you know crazy artist but there's like literally everybody who's working on this project is all doing it as a favor these people are coming out here to help you make this thing that you came up with so you can't be, really be the crazy like no i i don't want air holes like i don't care <laughs> you, have, you have to come to a compromise and you have to figure out um, you know the best way to make things happen you know I think it's the most important thing is to come up with like a really strong idea and have it in your mind like this is the best way for this to have happen that way when you know people can't breathe in your costume you have you can choose the least worst way of making that compromise <laughs> <laughs> and then you know fixing it luckily I have like a VFX background and I was the guy painting out all those air holes but you know, if I didn't have that that skill, you know, I would be begging some poor like roto artist to like spend five days covering up these air holes. <laughs> so luckily, I think like a lot of directors these days are like you know multidisciplinary, multi-talented dudes who can do more than one job, and so they, uh, you know, they can cover up their air holes. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying it's definitely a gift and a curse, though. Like knowing how to patch up air holes later on, because you know. If you don't know how to do that and you don't have the resources, you're gonna have to, you know, give it up. But, but because you can, that you know how to uh, fix things, Ryan. Like you can, you know, you can spend hours in front of a computer. Yeah, just fixing, I mean, like, here, every little thing. 
Oh, I, that's I, there was like hairs that I would paint out. I would like three D track. Uh, like in there's a close up shot at the end where there's like a really long pause between the two of them. There was actually two stray hairs that you couldn't really see, and they kind of looked like cracks in the helmet. But I uh, I tracked on the head and made a clean plate of her head and replaced it, just in case somebody saw it and it like ruined the you know ruined the idea that there was a human inside there. But Hero did the same thing on, on St. Vincent. He was there for, I don't even know how many. I was actually in pre-production on the No video. So I was in and out of the office while he was in post on the, the St. Vincent video. And he was just spending like weeks fixing like all sorts of different stuff. <laughs> I was, like, yeah, totally, man. And I think that's, that's where it's that. good to be in an office with people, you know, uh, who, who think alike. Because then uh, you can turn to that person and be like, is this, am I stupid and crazy for caring about this thing? And then that other person can either say, like, yeah, that's dumb. Or, you know, like, oh, you should definitely fix that, you know. You could be like, you know, like, hey, I'm painting out this person's hair over here. And be like, well, I'm painting out somebody's hair over here on my video. <laughs> and then you could, me. Yeah, it's like this uh, feedback loop where you think everything you're doing is completely normal. Um, and, I mean, back to the St. Vincent's uh, cheerleader video. Sorry, the St. Vincent cheerleader video. And I should mention it's Annie Clark. Is a per- I, c- I couldn't remember her name before. Um, the person yep. who has made Giant. Um, you guys should see my screen when I do these podcasts. I need. I can't remember anything, so I have to have everything on my screen. Um, but, you know, the, you know the, the visual effects are a huge part of it. They're really, really seamless, which is what gives it this, you know, I think makes it work in a lot of ways. What, what were some of the, like, the VFX like, challenges for you? That What were you painting out? Oh my god! Um, I mean, again, this was a low-budget video too. So I mean, going into it, I already knew that this was going to be way more than I can afford. Um, so you know, and I think, I think, I think all of us kind of do that. You know, all of us who know effects to an extent do this on set, where you know, your a certain issue comes up, and then in your head, you start tallying up all the things that you have to do yourself. You know, later <laughs> on. So, so it's like, oh, that green screen is not even. All right, that's that's two days of this and that. It's like, oh, that hand is in the way. It's like, all right, well, then I'm gonna have to cut that out later. All uh, right, so that's two days of work. And you know, <laughs> by the end of it, by the end of the shoot, you're happy to be done just because you made through it. But in the back of your head, you're thinking like, well, I just tallied up, and you have two weeks of sitting in front of a computer 14 hours a day uh, to look forward to. You know. Now, um, um, for the people out there who do not know what what uh, rotoscoping is i think i'll put a link to this if it's online the the video when peter jackson did these little king kong like behind the scenes diaries and they did this whole thing on rotoscopers and they all had one thing in common as they were very sarcastic and seemed (laughs) and seemed very too much to like hate their own life because Peter Jackson would shoot these things where like you could see like the warehouse in the sky and it would be like a jungle scene they have to paint around all the leaves so give us give us an idea of how tedious that process is to kind of make those changes it's basically this the news it's like the sweatshop labor of the future (laughs) in a sense yeah 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 yeah. I mean to put it in the most basic terms you're just cutting out things in the frame every frame for however long that shot is and the so, sick thing about it is that you actually there's a skill involved with it because if you don't <laughs> cut them out just right, things start looking super jittery, and um, it's just mm, you want to avoid it at all costs. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a four-letter word. 
the people who are really good at roto, which I, I have to say I'm not very good at roto, um, it's 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 like kind of like a mental disorder that you're taking advantage of. <laughs> um, you have to be like completely immersed in detail and kind of obsessive compulsive to make get it right, you know. Um, so, so I don't think it's like the healthiest profession, but I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for the people who do it. So we, um, at the end of the podcast, we usually take a music video that we're really into right now and kind of, uh, and, and say a little bit about it. Do you guys want to do that? Yeah. We loved, um, and if you do, if you don't think that people describing music videos into a microphone is awesome as awesome radio or podcasting, you'd be completely <laughs> wrong. Um, I've always thought it'd be great to have a site of people describing scenes from movies because I like when they do that. But um, so there used to be a there used to be a television show. I think it was in the fifties of a guy reading this uh, like the Sunday comics, but he wouldn't sh- he wouldn't show them to the camera. He would just read them and describe them. <laughs> And uh, we'll 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 find we'll find that and link it in the show notes as well if if it's out there if I if I didn't just make that up which I'm pretty sure I didn't my my mom used to tell me about it so well, we'll find I, it I can vouch that I've met Doug's mom several times and she's never lied to me personally no she's a very honest woman <laughs> my mother is Sherry um, Klinger so um, yeah shout out to Sherry Klinger the uh, so uh, Hero you want to go first sure sure. Um... Well, I'm not going to be able to be, to describe this video very well because I, there, it's just a fucking crazy video. Um, but my pick would be uh, the two uh, two music videos for Mike Snow, uh, directed by uh, Andreas Nilsson. Um, I really don't even know where to start. Uh, it's just like the craziest stream of consciousness uh, 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 images all compiled into a music video. Uh, it's got, it's got like a weird alien, uh, shirtless buff alien guy with a crazy nose and a and a and a bob running uh, down the side of a highway. Uh, there's like dead preteen girls in a wheelbarrow. Uh, there's like a house that crashes into the desert. Um, there's policemen dancing. Um, <laughs> and which 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 song is this? Which songs are these? Uh, you know, I don't even know. I, I, I'm a bad, I'm a bad researcher. Um, it's the most, the too recent thing that Andreas Nilsson just did, um, and it's a, it's there's a, it's a two-parter. It's two different Mike Snow songs, um, but it has, you know, Andreas Nilsson. I mean, it's the, the guy, uh, I really like his work a lot. You know, it's, it's, it's a very, very bizarre kind of sensibility. Um, but this one is just like like a barrage of just the most random images um, that somehow kind of come together into a music video. Well, I know one uh, of them is paddling out, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. And I think the other one might be Devil's Work. Um, but you're right; these are absolutely ridiculous videos, um, yeah. especially paddling out. They've it's got the. It, um, Oh, what do you call it? The the two two girls kind of look like they're from The Shining there. Yeah. Nice. And when did these guys? These recent? Yeah, I think um, I think uh, I think he was, he was working on it like a couple months ago. So I think this is like the most recent thing he's done. And there's yes, there's a house. Looks like the house from Up on a spaceship being flown across. There's two children dressed as sort of old English dandies performing surgery on somebody. Yeah. Definitely all normal things that um, 
Wow, this is giving me nightmares. I should stop this. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. But yeah, uh, totally insane. Um, totally dig it. It's uh, it's definitely been playing uh, playing on my computer for the last week or two. And how did you come? Did you do you know Mike Snow? No. Um, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I just look up. I think I think all music video directors kind of have a have an eye out for new music videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also um, I've met Andreas Nelson once, and um, he's kind of exactly what I imagined him to be. He's a very quiet, soft-spoken guy, um, but you can tell that there's a lot of weird, weird craziness uh, brewing inside his brain. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, it was uh, it was nice to see that face and kind of match up all the crazy shit that's he, that's he, he's uh, produced in the past. Yeah, because you yeah, it's always the quiet ones, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's the guys like drawing circles on the walls, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> in his room that you gotta watch out for. Um, cool. Uh, that's awesome, Ryan. Do you you have one? Yeah. Is it supposed to be a recent video pick, or it is can it be it can any? be anything. I've picked stuff from the '80s before, so. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, a video that I'm really that I'm really stoked on right now is uh, the Patrick Daughters video for Wrong for De- Depeche Mode. Mm-hmm. Um, just fucking solid video. Um, it's all about this car. Like, it starts off with this car in, in reverse driving down the street at night, and it just progressively as the video goes on, there's just a, it's just a constant reveal of this super fucked situation. You see that the guy in the car is actually, um, his hands are tied and he's wearing a mask. Uh, and you, you know, the steering wheel is missing. He starts crashing into stuff. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it just, it, it combines this like really simple, focused idea. But as the video progresses, there's just like a constant, uh, there's like a constant narrative that's just being built. As you go along, you realize like something's more fucked and more fucked and more fucked as you go along. And um, Spike Jones gets hit by by the car in the video, but you can't really tell it's him. And, that's Spike um, Jones in there. That's Spike Jones. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I uh, I heard that he was super pumped to get hit by that car. Um, they hit him like a few <laughs> times, and he wanted to do it like a few more. Um, but yeah, there's just like a few little tidbits about that. It's just a, it's such a good video. Like my favorite videos are usually like the really simple, focused videos that are somehow super, uh, still kind of complex. Like Hero St. Vincent video is another really good example. Really like simple, focused idea, but it just like as it progresses, like it just keeps unfolding and unfolding. And at the end, you're just like, damn, I was sick. <laughs> we should, um, is it weird complimenting somebody on the same podcast as them? Because we do it's that all the time. I do. I actually do it to Hero intentionally because uh, he's really uh, not shy, but he's really modest. So uh, <laughs> I just I was hoping he would say something weird or embarrassing. <laughs> well, there's still still, still a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't you count to count that out yet? Have you ever seen the um, Crash, the David Cronenberg version? Um, oh, not, yeah. Not the one about racism, but the one about people who get off from car crashes. On oh, car crashes? Yeah. Yeah, that's a fucking gnarly movie. That's, um, that, uh, maybe Spike Jones says that the particular affliction that the people in that, that film have of, um, enjoying the, enjoying car crashes. 
You never know. I don't until want to start us, rumors. Until we, no, no, no. Until he joins us on the podcast <laughs> to talk about it, we will uh, yeah. we will consider that true. Mm-hmm. That's going right, that's right. going in our database. Think of it. Has Spike Jones ever said he doesn't get turned on by car crashes and being in fake ones? No. So you just yeah. never know. There you go. There you go. Uh, Adam, I'm going to go before you. Are you going to go before me? Okay, go for I it. Yeah, that's going to have me. Usually, usually Doug's at the. This is all cut out, but a little bit of inside baseball on the podcast for the one person would have interest in that is. Um, we usually, when I say Doug, you have a pick of the week. He's like, uh, chair, computer, and like starts just you know name things around the room, and then ten minutes later, he's found a video. So, uh, no, I'm I'm ready with this one. I even wrote it down because I actually uh, tweeted from the filmed insert account this video. Um, yesterday and it's uh dmx how's it going down directed by hype williams and um the reason i tweeted it is the same reason i've chosen to pick this video this week um and it is the incredibly distracting censorship that existed in most music videos of this era but uh it's particularly beautiful in this music video because it, it seemed like they just didn't give a shit what they censored the curse words with they just had us like sound effects available and just shoved them in there because uh you know i i personally think that dmx if you're going to censor a song he's got these built-in ad-libs in in his songs already that you can just kind of like place in there you know he's always barking and growling and and shouting you know random things into the mic so you can place those but uh in this case they did not do that instead um in the chorus, which plays like you know several times in the song, they do that that thing where they reverse the curse word. So you like it's, you like can't even listen to the song, and and then throughout the video they cover up curse words with they, uh, these. This list is not all they cover the curse words with, but these are the key moments, and that is a car horn, um, ice falling into a glass, the ding of a bell. Um, the door shutting, uh, a baby laughing, a lady laughing, a real dog bark, and just someone coughing. So these are all things that they decided to place in the music video and in the censored version of this DMX song. Uh, and they thought, oh, this is an appropriate thing to put on TV for like people a, to watch. It's like a 50s cartoon, like a, no, like a spring, really it's like going morning. Yeah. yeah, it's like a, it's Benny Hill. Benny Hill put the censorship in this video. So, um, yeah, so, that's my pick of the week, and it's it's ridiculous for that purpose. So but it's also cursing. If all the cursing is reversed, does that and it's mostly cursing? Couldn't you just play the video backwards, and you can hear the entire song? Yeah, right. It would just be all cursing, which would be yeah a, a big part. This was supposed to be like a the softer side of DMX. This was this song came from <laughs> and this how's it going down video with like all of these all of these curse words in it. It was supposed to be the softer side of DMX, and even that you can't make the song. It's not the song is not even legible. You you don't even know what he's talking about. You think he's talking about like glass and and dogs barking and ladies laughing, but he's not. He's talking about politicking with a chicken and. Uh, <laughs> That's my pick of the week, Adam. I guess I gotta. I gotta go last, so it's a big buildup. Um, so I really enjoy when people um, release a video and they get famous and they remake the video, um, a large budget, <laughs> large budget video. I always find that that interesting. 
when they're like, uh, it, I think they did that with um, the dog days are over. I'm not sure if that, there's a very low budget video out for that. And then um, once that album and song became popular, they, they decided to redo it. And I'm also a huge, I'm sort of car crash fame, uh, um, uh, car crash like interested in Lana Del Rey and her career. Uh, so <laughs> my, um, my pick of the week is Blue Jeans by Lana Del Rey, which just came out yesterday, I think. Um, and originally she had sort of, um, just like the video games uh, video was this sort of um, found footage kind of montage with her in it um, video. Blue Jeans was kind of like the like ugly half-brother of that. It wasn't very good and it was just sort of a rambling, random cobbling together of things. Um, so then the person who did her high-budget video for Born to Die, Yoann Lemoyne, um, decided to direct this. And the reason that um, I think it is a really interesting music video is I never, in recent memory, I don't think there's an artist who's had such a um, sort of a thesis statement, um, you know, whether it's good or bad, as Lana Del Rey. It's sort of like she's sort of like the five-paragraph essay of um, of artists. Because if you listen to her album, there's not a lot that she talks about besides. Um, there's certain themes that come up over and over again. One of them is being in a white bathing suit by a pool. And would you know it, this video is almost entirely of her in a white bathing suit by a pool. Um, and it sort of explores these themes that she just hammers over and over again in um, her music. So I think it's interesting where, where an, a music video director, for, you know, for better or worse, is on board um, to kind of like hammer home these like obviously like, I guess you could call them talking points of what her sort of statement is and what pe she wants people to remember about her. And plus there's also a really cool slow motion shot of her um, diving into a pool with an alligator in the pool, which is kind of oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So Anyway, so that's it. It's a Born to Die and it was, um, no, not Born to Die, Blue Jeans and it was directed by Yoan Lemoyne. Adam with a particularly harsh pick of the week. That was... It's a good video. I'm not saying it's a crappy video. I think it's a good, no. it's a great video. You're just digging on... Man, you and Lana wouldn't get along. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that I like know what I'd say to Lana Del Rey if we were just hanging out. Maybe, you know, if anybody knows her listening to that, just let, you know, just let me know. Send me a DM or something. I would um, totally listen to that podcast. Yeah, I know, we have yeah. we have like open invitations to a lot of people. We're opening it up to Lana Del Rey if she wants to come on the uh, on the podcast. She made the list. There you go. <laughs> um, well, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, really enjoyed it. And um, a parting thought for everybody: I'm so glad that we had this podcast because I would have never ever for the rest of my life opened up the whole series of 1988 to um, 1985 to 1992 crash test dummies commercials for the <laughs> ad Council. So we'll put a link to those. There's a lot of them. And if you were alive during that era, you'll probably remember all of Didn't them. Didn't they make so. a cartoon? I think they made a cartoon out of them. There too. was a cartoon. The cartoon was really shitty though, if I can yeah. remember. Oh, I, had the to I had the toys that would like, you'd like press yeah. the stomach and they Oh yeah, that they had, was they amazing. Had, they had like a station wagon that would blow. They had babies, <laughs> yeah. they had a girl, they had Whole, Which is like really disturbing if you think about it, because they're supposed to represent real people. So <laughs> you're essentially playing with dolls that all their limbs explode when you push a push a button on their chest. Nice. That's why we're all screwed up, the kids of the '80s here. Um, <laughs> not as screwed up as the kids of the '90s.
Yeah, well, the thing is, is we started golfing together, and we went to the thrift shop and bought two seven irons and a three iron, uh, because the three iron's like a little bit better for putting.